Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from my palatial studio apartment in Chicago is Melissa Patterson. What up? Melissa, thanks for coming back on. Thanks for having me again. It's always a pleasure. What was the phrase you used when we were just confirming this afternoon? Oh, man, I don't want to say. I think I said, hell, hell, hell yeah? Oh. Uh, let's see, it was hell yeah playa. Oh, gross. And it was definitely playa with an A at the end. That's, you know, I, in the heat of the moment, these things happen. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed about it. And now I'm double embarrassed that it's got brought back up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in this world, there are players and playa haters. And just, you got to know where you stand. So thanks for marking me as a playa. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Oh, nice. As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wing Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, uh, you know, uh, usually we start out with games we've been playing. So, what games have you been playing? Oh man, I got two today. Two? Uh, I'm going a little crazy. Uh, so the first one is just kind of a little game. It's it's similar to Tetris. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called Hex Fervor, and it's it's like an independent thing I found on Reddit Gaming, like, deep in the bowels of our gaming. I don't want to talk about, like, what led me to that search. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, uh, the, the hyperlink is hex, H-E-X dot F-R-V-R dot com, and it's, it's like, uh, it's like Tetris, but you have all these different, uh, shaped hexagons, and you're trying to align them inside of a bigger hexagon it's okay. uh it's really cool it's super addictive it's you it's very short it's like a fun game to play if you are at work and you're waiting for a meeting or you're waiting for something to download it's it's so dope i i love it and it's got a really cool soundtrack and fan. then you can just play it through the web browser. It's not like on iOS or anything like that. Yeah, it's just a it's just a web application game. I think somebody was just trying to build a game for a a project for a portfolio or something. But awesome! It's really it's really a fun game. Uh, yeah, Tetris meets I don't know what Tetris classic Tetris meets Game Boy Tetris, where you have to <laughs> eliminate rows of. Things, but I guess that's regular Tetris. I think that's mostly just Tetris. It's, Tetris in, it's a Tetris inside of a hexagon. Get in it. It is so good. So I mean, we had Hatris and we had Wordtris, and now we have Hextris. Is what I'm, is that's what I. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Boom. Done. Done. Uh, and the second game I'm playing is more of a traditional too many bits uh, uh, game. It is called Ether One. I don't know if you've heard of that one. It's, Ether One. No, I haven't heard of that. Okay, it is, um, it's similar, I think the last time I was here I talked about Gone Home. Yeah. It's a game that's similar to that, it's like an open world puzzle game where you walk through and try and, um, in this game, uh, Ether One, available on PlayStation Network and Steam, not on Xbox, unfortunately. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wait till, yeah, wait till my full review before you get disappointed about Xbox One. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Right. Uh, so I just started playing it. I've maybe been playing it for a couple hours, and, um, you're, you're what's called a restorer, it, a restorer, 
you're going into people's memories to try and cure them of some kind of dementia. They're having memory problems. So you go into their past and explore like empty village type environments and you walk around and pick up clues and try and like kind of piece together their memories and find, uh, I think it's called like a, a, a ether, an ether stone. And that is what's causing the dementia. It's so bizarre. Uh, crazy concept. Now, when you're doing this, are you like first person or are you like looking behind a person? or what? It's a first person view game. Um, the graphics are pretty good. I would say, um, I mean, they're nothing to shake a stick at. Uh, they're just kind of mid-level. The game on the whole is kind of mid-level. Huh. Uh, it's got... A lot of the elements that are that I like about that I liked about Gone Home, where you where you're there's a storyline you're go, you're looking into. Um, a, right now, I'm only looking into one person's life, but you're looking into a person's life and seeing kind of their past and shaping memories. Um, on the other hand, it's a puzzle game, and it's not it's not very linear. And I think sometimes the puzzles. I think I like to think of myself as a smart person, and and I have the ability to problem solve. But some of them are just so abstract that I've I've had to look up a couple times on a some walkthrough cheats, which I hate. Well, I mean that can happen. The logic that the developer uses to make the game probably seems obvious to them, but not to even in, like an intelligent person. I mean that that's happened in plenty of like older adventure games too. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, that's my that's my biggest qualm with it so far is that some of the puzzles are pretty abstract, and also you run into the problem of uh, once you're playing it for a while, you're just like, cool, I'm just running around and watching a, a story again. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's that's not, my review. <laughs> it's not hooking. It's not hooking you. Is what, yeah, it's yeah. not a super. It's not. A super exciting game. I'm not even sure how long it is at this point. <laughs> what made you pick it up, then? I think it was, I think it was free on the PlayStation Network a long time ago. Oh, like one of the PlayStation Plus games. Yeah, PlayStation Plus free game, and uh... I downloaded it, and I never played it, and I just opened it up uh, the other day, and was like, oh, I've got this free game I never played. You know, I was thinking because they're raising the price of PlayStation Plus ten dollars. What? Yeah, they are within like a month or two. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, I actually have a list on here of I was looking like all the game, all the games I have on PlayStation Plus that I never have played, but like look interesting to me, and I'm probably never gonna get to them. So I'm just like considering ditching PlayStation Plus. Oh yeah. Yeah. I. What is it now? It was like. So it's like $60 annually, or...? I believe right now it's 50 and it used to be 40 So it was, it was 40 mm-hmm. then 50 and now, like, usually, though, you can find, like, eBay or Best Buy will sell yearly passes for 40 Like, you just have to look at the right time. Ah. Uh, and then, now it's going to be 60 so probably those will go up to 50 to match. Yeah, and they, nev- they don't really have... By the time they come out with a game, it's been out a while, and you could probably get it for... A few bucks anyway. Right. And, like, you're adding to your collection, but it's it's not your game. When you, the, the service goes away, you lose the game. Really? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. 
Yeah, like uh, you can. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Like when I when I would have them downloaded on my hard drive, it wouldn't let me uh, use them anymore. Wow. What? I know. It, it's my world has just <laughs> been. My foundations have been rocked, Bill. This is the scary reality <laughs> we, we live in with digital downloads. Now, if you don't own the you don't have like a disc or a cartridge, they can just say, "Sorry, you don't have this game anymore." That's insane. That well, yeah, I think that's kind of a reason why I stray away from buying hard copy or uh, download downloadable content because you can't share that with a friend unless they log in with your PlayStation password, which I don't trust any of you guys. I'm talking there's just me and Bill here, but I feel like the podcast listeners either. I'm not sharing that password. Not even with lovable Bill? Not even with lovable Bill. Oh, man. That's got my my account information on there. Oh, jeez. My messages. Golly willikers. (laughs) Uh, Now, from this list, have you played any of these games? Okay. I'm just going to read the list off for the listener. It's Journey, Yakuza 5, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, Sound Shapes, Calabares Gunslinger, Rogue Legacy. I've, I've actually already played that, but I would play it again. Yakuza 4, Spelunky, Doki Doki Universe, Tricky Towers, Rebel Galaxy, Fury, Zombie, Galaxy, and Transistor. Um, I downloaded Journey. Did you say that one? I did. I feel like I heard that one. Yeah, um, I downloaded Journey because it was free this month. Yep, that's that's why I have it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I haven't played it yet. It's one of those games that I've always wanted to play. I've heard a lot of good things about it, but yet to play. Same here, same here. And yeah, I've heard like the the storytelling in the game is excellent. It looks gorgeous. So maybe before I lose my subscription, and I assume lose all my games, I'll like go through and like do a culling and like just try all those games a little bit to see what they're like. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. I mean, a game. I feel like you know in a game, there's some longer games, maybe like The Last of Us, where I struggled a little bit at the beginning to kind of cling to the story and and get through a certain patch. But generally, when you pick up a game and play it, you know within the first 20 minutes to an hour, like, this is a good game. Yeah. Yeah, or you, like you have... Yeah, you have an interest in it. If it's slow going, you're not feeling that it's slow going. You're just, like, eager to get to the next part. Right. You're anticipating what's going to happen. Totally. Totally agree. Uh, Those were those two games. Uh, Anything else you've been looking at? Um, I did mention Journey. I'm hoping to get get in on that. Um, But right now, no, I've uh, I've been doing some analog gaming with with a puzzle. With jigsaw puzzles. Nice. All Very right. kind of a stretch for this um, this podcast, <laughs> but uh, I'd recommend just uh, once in a while get yourself a five hundred piecer. It's a lot of fun. My my grandmother <laughs> Good. would well no, no, no this is going somewhere. This is kind of back to video games. Uh, we would I would like stay overnight at her house when I was much younger, and then in the morning before my mom would come to pick me up, we would go out for breakfast. And then we would go to the Toys R Us next to the diner where we'd always go. And we would always have the pretense of, oh, you can go look at the puzzles while I go look at the toys. Nice. Yeah. That, that, now, in, in hindsight, very, very nice of her to just kind of wander around in a store doing nothing for 20 or 30 minutes while I play a video game. Yeah, that is. You got a good grandma. She was. Yeah, she was very nice. A puzzle woman. I love I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, then... If those are the games you've played, I have been playing 
a bunch of the same games, but I have been playing one new game, yeah. which is Phoenix Wright Spirit of Justice. And tr- it's actually been embarrassingly hard. I have to keep reminding myself it's not Spear of Justice and it's not Spear of Destiny. Very, <laughs> uh, uh, can you elaborate on that? What like well the spirit what the spear of destiny is? <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, apocryphal spear that pierced the side of Jesus Christ when he was on the cross. Okay, and then it's like a, a comic book thing that Hitler had the spear of destiny. Okay, and that's why in World War II the Justice League couldn't go just rumble over there and take Hitler out. He had the spear, and for whatever reason that would control the superheroes if they got too close to him. Interesting. They might have retconned that out. That was way back, but... <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so, uh, this so, yes, game... this game. It's uh, it, It's a courtroom investigation and trial game. Uh, if you'd like to know more about the series, then please listen to the Phoenix Wright episode. Uh, Brandon and I did a few episodes back. And this is the most recent edition. Now, Phoenix... So, at this point, they talked about this a little bit before the game came out. Phoenix is like this unbeatable lawyer. Like, he's won 25 cases that were all impossible cases that no one could ever figure out, and he's got all the murderers acquitted and all the mysteries solved, and so now they put him in a foreign country, the uh, spiritual country of Kurain, or sorry, Kurain, I think. That's oh. definitely not China. It's Kurain. Similar to China, though. Very similar. Uh, and now he's in a foreign courtroom where, first off, they hate lawyers. What? I know, it's so weird that there'd be a country where people hate lawyers. Not but, for Phoenix! Well, as gregarious as Phoenix <laughs> is, I'm sure some of his antics would get him uh, annoyed. People get annoyed at him if he was in an American courtroom. Mm, I feel that. <laughs> and then also, while they're there, they believe very strongly in uh, spirituality and divination to figure out the motive behind crimes. So you're trying to litigate if you will, as as Phoenix the lawyer using divination and spiritual techniques? Phoenix is still, you know, relying on his textbook of, okay. like, you know, uh, evidence and facts and contradictions and logic, but he's got to go up against the wheel of, of faith, of, of uh, you know, uh, strict belief. In... Wow. So that does sound impossibly hard. It does, it does. <laughs> and actually, it feels like they already kind of did it. <laughs> uh, well, there was a game called... Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright. I believe that's what it was called. And in that mm. game, things happen, and he's in a medieval courtroom. And he doesn't have evidence that he can rely on. He can't go to forensics and get bullet casings. But he has to use his logic and deduction skills against spirituality and faith. That's pretty hard in real life to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely hard. And, and like, Because in the game, there are witch trials. He's defending witches. Oh, man. Yeah. And so they're just like, she's a witch. How can you prove that she's not a witch? And you have to, like, go through and, like, figure out stuff and, like, figure out what spells a witch could know and, like, be like, well, see, she couldn't have known this one. We know how this spell works. Gosh, Phoenix is, uh... That... (laughs) This game, I'm... I have anxiety about it just from listening to you recap it. They do a pretty good job of, you know, upping the stakes and you know, including drama and making a bigger and bigger web of mystery until the very end, usually. It just feels like, yeah, this is a little bit of something they've already done. And then in this other game, Phoenix and Layton, mm-hmm. they had a lot of voicing behind the characters. Uh, they had uh, 
lots of voice acting, and they had really nice music too, uh, like very high quality like or- orchestral scores. Sometimes like they remixed some of the older songs. Sure. And then like they had new stuff too. So this, like technologically, it feels like a little bit of a step back. Story wise, it feels like kind of a retread. Like they even are bringing back older characters from like the old stories that haven't been around for a while. Oh, so they're they're getting a little tired. It sounds like plot wise. Maybe this is like the ninth game in the series, and the creator wanted to end after the third, so they might be scraping the barrel <laughs> a little bit <laughs> yeah, of ideas. It sounds... Well, what what are you playing it on right now? Is it Steam or? I'm playing this on the Nintendo 3DS. Okay. And it's a digital download. Oh. I know, I know. We just talked about we this. We did, we did. I, I paid for this one, though, so I hopefully I have a little more control over its destiny. We can only hope. We can only There's... hope. I guess so, yeah. I mean, hey, that that's the thing behind like all these services. Uh, you know, like uh, a few years back... Nintendo, they ran all their internet service through this company called GameSpy. And, like, so when you played multiplayer Mario Kart on your Wii... Right! They they did it through this company, GameSpy. Well, GameSpy basically went out of business. This is why I can't play Mario Kart Wii online anymore, isn't it? Right. because I'm Nintendo- so mad about that. That was my only social drinking experience. Now people have to come over and be in your apartment. I know. And drink and play video games. I I refuse to admit I have alcoholism. It's it's a travesty <laughs> that you should ever have to admit that. Well, you know, Nintendo Wii doing that. So Spy Games just they just went out of business, and Nintendo Wii was like, well, I oh mean, well. They, if I recall correctly, they they just there was no way to get back the internet connectivity. It was all. However, it was conce- conceived and developed, mm. it, you couldn't just like flip another switch to switch it over to a different service, or it cost too much money. I'll try and post a, an article ne- when this episode comes out to give more clarification because I'm not doing it full justice. But this is a thing that did happen. I'm just not explaining it fully. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I remember being really cheesed off. I thought maybe because the Wii U had come out, they just. Uh, the Wii U Mario Kart, like that game in particular, I remember being yeah. so upset about that. I just never fathomed why. <laughs> well, now you know the horrifying truth. It's spy games. They did it. They did this to us. Man. Well, that's the only game I've been playing, though. Well, it's not the only game I've been playing, but the only game I will bore you with right now. You know, Overwatch, still out there. Phoenix, you know what? Phoenix, um, Phoenix sounded like a really good game. I think you should give yourself more credit. I'll give it another try, okay? <laughs> I'll give it another try. Maybe I'll get more drawn in as things develop, as the mystery deepens. Uh, I, don't, I feel like from our previous conversation, I kind of led you there right now, but I'm hearkening back to 20 minutes ago when we were talking about, you know, within 20 or 20 or an, <laughs> 20 minutes to an hour, whether or not it's good. Maybe. maybe. There's so much decision-making. <laughs> I'm too stubborn, though. Maybe I'll just still try anyway. Got to finish it. Yeah. I I I respect that. I, I've seen. I've played all. Well, I've played most of the games in the series. There's one I can't play because it's in Japanese, and then there's <laughs> another I can't play because I pirated it and I'm lazy and I don't want to play it on my computer. That's fair. Yeah, that's very <laughs> fair. But most of those games I finished, and I will finish this one. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Commitment. I think you will too. Thanks. 
Uh, so that brings the uh, games played segment of the episode to a close. Now we'll be moving on to Choose Your Fighter uh, for this section. Melissa and I will square off with one article, news event, or upcoming game that we've discovered until only one of us is left standing. Melissa. Whew. Ha! <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, so this week, I, uh, I've, I've guessed it here a few times before, and I've always uh, I've talked about military... Um, I, I used to serve in the military in the Air Force, and I've talked about uh, military practical applications for video games. And I thought it would be fun to talk about um, my experiences in training um, with the War Simulator games. Um, they are probably not the best uh, user interface games, but I think there's a lot going on under the hood. Um, so. Uh, when you join the uh, Air Force as an officer, you go to this crazy training called Airspace Basic Course. Uh, and it's like an eight-week-long intensive course where they teach you how to become a better leader. Um, and part uh-huh. of it is you run these war scenarios in theoretical stages. Like one, uh, one time we fought Afghanistan which uh, in an air, this is like Air Force exclusive. So okay. just just manning, managing like a plane fleet. Uh, that Afghanistan's super easy to beat because they do not have a lot of air power. Uh, it's super cool. So you- They don't spend billions and billions of dollars annually on advanced fighter jets like we do? No, and it, it surpri- you know, it surprised me too. Huh. Uh, at least not in this mock uh, this mock air battle. Um, so yeah, I remember uh, we would you would get into teams of four because it's that intensive that you have to have different different men, uh, different people manning um, uh, different sectors. Like you have an intelligence squadron, you have a search and rescue operation, you have somebody that's in charge of coordinating with other forces like army and navy forces and so you go through these scenarios we also fought korea which i'll talk more on korea because that one was actually really difficult north korea oh okay um because they have nukes oh that that that's uh yeah 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 nukes are not a fun thing to have launch on your war simulator uh it's basically just a red X. You've completely failed uh, as as a lieutenant, as an officer. Um, but yeah, the game is you you have all these different plane fleets, and you have to pick where they're going, what they're doing. It's great. Like you'll have uh, different uh, guys surveilling the skies, and then all of a sudden you'll see a Korean fighter jet shoots them down. And now you have a downed pilot, and you have to send a helicopter fleet, and then you have to send fighter jets to guard the helicopter fleet. And it's all just kind of little dots flying, and okay. it's just messages telling you. So, like, the graphical display, it, it, you know... It's, it's all right. Uh, it graphics so-so, so, 5 out of 10? You know what? I've actually seen real live... Yeah, I would say five, maybe three out of ten. Three out of ten. Um, but compared with real life, actual um, radar screens and monitoring, it looks pretty similar. It actually looks a little bit better because you have a geographical map, whereas 
on the real life uh, radar sonar equipment, it's just a black screen with like little dots. Hmm. <laughs> no, that, that, this is very interesting to me. I just, I, I'm very, I, I know, the only thing I know about it really is like America's Army is the video game you get to play if you sign up for the, the military. Oh. But, but uh, I don't know anything about like the simulations that go on behind the scenes. Yeah, the the simulators are they're pretty they're pretty in, intensive. Um, I don't know what else I can say. And to I mean, them. to be yeah. honest, it's like it's kind of encouraging that a nuclear missile launch is considered like such a red flag. Like that's a I would hope so. Be, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that we're like okay, this is an outcome to be avoided. Yeah, I spe- North Korea, man. So, like, is that an extra sensitive operation? Because I mean, Afghanistan, unfortunately, is not as resourceful we'll say right. as north korea obviously yeah your uh battles are going to be different for uh each individual nation based on i mean afghanistan is i don't know if it's a developing country or if it's considered a developing country or uh if it's i'm too ignorant to offer any insight into afghanistan so i'll just I definitely know they don't have a, a, a centralized government where they could have the resources to create like an air force. And yeah, and so like each, but each of the countries has their own different behavior. Like, if, oh yeah, if you were to uh, go against a country with a more robust economy and military, they would probably behave differently. Yeah, yeah, um, and I. Those kinds of things are definitely taken into consideration. I would imagine those things happen at some point <laughs> along the line. I'm, I'm guessing we can't... You, maybe you didn't even see them. I don't know if you did or didn't. Uh, the... Well, like, if you got if you do a simulation against, like, China or Russia. Um, I was just thinking doing a simulation against China or Russia would be cool. I don't know if that's politically correct. And even if... I guess I'm saying, like, even if I had done a simulation against China or Russia, it probably would be, like, under wraps. Right. That, that, classified. I didn't. But it's classified. There's no way you'll know. I figured something like that. Either you yeah, they wouldn't have shared it or you wouldn't be able to talk about it. I think China would just beat us. There's so many of them. That, that counts. That, they have I mean, a lot of people and a lot of money. They own America. This is this is off topic again, but I think China owns us right now. We are in so much debt to China. It's true. <laughs> we borrow so much money from them. Like that's our our leverage in the world. Is everyone owes we owe everyone money. <laughs> just don't just don't let us go under. We'll, we'll pay you back. Hey, it worked in 1793. It's got to work now, right? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> ominous. <laughs> that was pretty ominous. Um, why don't we uh, shift to something lighter? Uh, what's your battle battle cry? The corrupted blood incident. Oh, super light. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, well, this is uh, just from eleven years ago to the day of this recording, which is September thirteenth, two thousand sixteen. The corrupted blood incident occurred in the game World of Warcraft. So that at the time, there was a recently released raid boss. And as you got, went and fought this boss, they would have an attack they could do to, to the party called Corrupted Blood, which was like a, a status effect that dealt 200 to 300 damage over a, a short interval. That's pretty bad. Now for these characters, now I'm going to just put this out here. I've never played WoW, not for one minute. <laughs> Uh, Melissa, have you ever played WoW? I've, n- I've never played WoW either. 
So we're gonna to stick to the main details, and if I fudge something up here, then apologies. But for I'm, I'm assuming that for most high-level characters, they have more than 200 to 300 health. That they could take a couple hits from this like attack going back over and over again. And then usually what would happen is you would you would win the raid, or you would lose the raid and die in there, and then go about your business. Mm-hmm. Two other things could happen though. First off, if you're in the raid and they use the corrupted blood status on you and you teleport out, or you have a pet, a, a little dude who follows you in, and he gets the corrupted blood, and then you put the pet back in like your inventory. You you call him back, and then later on you take him back out in a city. If either of those two things happened, it would cause the corrupted blood status to spread outside the dungeon. Whoa. And so again, like this is a, I mean probably a pain for high level characters, but if you're like level three and you have three hundred hit points, you get the status. You're dead. That's terrible. Is it that so? That was just like a glitch in WoW. It was or a, that was purposefully designed that way. No, it was a total glitch. It was a total mistake. They did not intend for that to happen. And what would happen is the high level characters would bring it out with them, kill the low level characters. And then they purposefully. Would, well, we'll get. We'll, we'll putting, talk, okay, we'll, we'll sorry. I'm getting. I'm really. I'm really into the story. <laughs> well, I mean, not only would the characters get it, but then NPCs would get it, and an NPC oh. uh, has no hit points, and would just kind of stand there and spread the disease, and it would get into bigger and bigger areas and spread across the entire player population. Oh my gosh! Now, the World of Warcraft game hadn't hit its cultural peak yet, so it only had about two million players at that time. But it was affecting pretty much everyone everywhere. Wow. And so as you were saying, and this kind of loops back to the last time you were on, talking about crowd control methods and dealing with mass population, uh, in this case, outbreaks, some people... That's insane, yeah. Some people, because they're on the internet, of course, would just go around and spread the disease. They would go into the most populated area they could find and, you know, try and spread the disease among lower-level players. Jerks. Sometimes people would go in and try and save. They would be like a high-level priest. They would go in, they would do healing spells, they would revive people, stuff like that. So we saw both sides of the spectrum. We did. We did. There were there was good and evil going on, and Blizzard would try and, you know, set up quarantines and other uh, deterrents to try and keep the, the plague, really, from spreading across the entire game. But they couldn't they couldn't prevent it. It kept uh, spreading and spreading as people either knowingly or unknowingly took it out with them. That's that's pretty that's pretty wild. Um, I'm actually a computer scientist myself. I do web development, but I'm like trying to imagine what that must have been just awful for the development staff. Oh yeah, There's I mean, no way I mean, to contain that. It sounds like yeah, like they didn't they certainly were not aware of what tripped that, what caused that to occur. And players were furious. They were asking for refunds, canceling their subscriptions, because if they were new to the game, and every 30 minutes when they tried to log on, they died instantly. It was terrible. <laughs> terrible game experience. So finally, <laughs> they had to do multiple world resets, where they just go back to an earlier state of the online world. Okay. And just back to the point where no one had like gone in there yet and fixed that. So maybe we could kind of emulate this 
in case there's ever a super massive plague, just, you know, revert back a couple iterations on populations? Yes. If we can figure <laughs> out how to do that, we're pretty, uh, like, zombie safe or pretty mass bubonic plague safe, stuff like that. <laughs> um, you know, I actually, I actually had heard about this book. This is, um, this relates. Uh, it's, there's this theory out there that we are in fact um living inside of a computer simulation right now um because all it would take is the uh it would take one civilization or population of people or uh sentient beings to create an algorithm in which uh you have a um a world like ours and then inside of that um you could create an infinite number of like one step down worlds like ours again and then inside of all those infinite numbers you could create another infinite number so it's like a loop i don't remember the name of the book i'll have to i'll it's, send it to you and maybe you can post it but um, it's simulations all the way down is what i'm hearing we're straight up in a computer simulation right now so just try and like look for cheat codes wherever you can that's uh, like elon musk was talking about that right uh maybe i know that it was i i there's, like, a novel out about it. I don't know. I think a woman wrote it. A lady. A lady? And, I'm, and I think Elon Musk is a man. That's true. But he's also really cool. All right, well... Props to Elon Musk. <laughs> I have no reason to not believe in a simulation any more than any other explanation <laughs> of the universe. There you go. <laughs> That's the best I can manage <laughs> in terms of faith. Oh, I just meant, like, in case we do run into a plague, it's it's maybe theoretically possible. And that we could, like, just survive and we wouldn't know. Like, we'd, we'd just come back. we just, like, go back to... Oh, my God, that's actually pretty scary. We wouldn't even know. It'd be like a sitcom episode. I, I don't want to be in a sitcom Groundhog's episode. Groundhog's Day! <laughs> well, actually, maybe I would want to be in a sitcom episode. I would be able to probably impress a woman with my quirky neuroticism more easily. <laughs> There's a cheat code for that. I think it's Rosebud. Yeah. The, the whole universe was in a hot, dense state. <laughs> oh, Big Bang Theory? Well, there's the template. There's a the template for me. I You can't see this, guys, but I'm giving a thumbs down. Oh, uh, <laughs> no. Bill, as a lady, I'm sorry to tell you, the Big Bang Theory guys aren't cool. What, Johnny Galecki and Andy Parsons aren't cool? They're not cool. Oh, my God. Bummer. Yeah, that's a, that's a harsh truth for you today. Well, I'll have to really reconsider my life choices. Yeah. Uh, well... Bazinga! <laughs> oh. Uh, so, Corrupted Blood. <laughs> yeah, they, they fixed it eventually, and now... Well, first off, the like they said in an interview, Jeff Kaplan, one of the big muckety-mucks at Blizzard, was like, yeah, that was a weird thing. Gave us some ideas for things we could do later on. Oh. And, and they actually did an actual event before Wrath of the Lich King, one of the later expansions came out, which was a zombie plague. Oh, really? It wasn't quite as virulent as the uh, Corrupted Blood, but it was a similar thing where it would spread throughout the world and like people could be safe or not safe and stuff like that. Well, interesting use of uh, a whoopsie. Yeah. Turn it into profit. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. That's cool. And then there are organizations that study how people behaved during the outbreak to like get ideas of how humanity would act in such a situation. That's very interesting. 
Um, I would be interested to read up on some of those. Okay, so I've got a lot of stuff to post then. Uh, post, so post, post. Game Spy, and we're all in a simulation. Oh, Hex Fervor. Okay, Hex Fervor, Game Spy, we're all in a simulation, Corrupted Blood Organizations. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that crazy book I mentioned, I referenced. Right. That might not exist. And it might be a dream I had. Or a simulation. Oh my god, it was a simulation I ran. You ran a simulation of a universe where there was a book that explained how we all live in a simulation. Yeah. That was, that's cool. <laughs> because you wanted to know if you lived in a simulation or not. So you figured if you could simulate a universe where such a book existed, it would explain how it could exist in your own uh, concept and framework of the reality. Um, <laughs> that is the sound of my head exploding. <laughs> Do you watch Rick and Morty? Yeah, multiverse. Yeah, inside multi- of it. Oh, that's oh my gosh. Uh, the the episode with his miniverse battery, where there's a battery inside of a battery. Yeah. Ah. Oh my god, I, I, it's coming back soon. I think. Really. Yeah. Um. Like they're not taking as long as they you, they thought they were to get the new episodes out. Oh, that's good because Mister Poopy Butthole said it's going to be like a year. And uh. I was so upset. Because yeah. I believe Mister Poopy Butthole. <laughs> That was the best part of that whole episode. Oh my god! When he when he gets shot. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was so dark and. Like, is this what? Is this how I die? What does he say? Oh god, I don't know. All, all I can <laughs> the image I remember is the mom going into the, the kitchen and just like shakily pouring the water. <laughs> like, Jesus! Oh my uh, god, what just happened? That is probably the best show on TV right now. It's probably the strongest recommendation we could give. Forget the games. That's. This is more entertaining than any of yeah. the games we talked about. Yeah, we struggled through that game section, but we got Rick and Morty eps for you, ep recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so because this episode wants to be let out, let out, this is not a dance. What? That's, they do the Tiny Rick song. Oh! Let me out. <laughs> cutting it, cutting it to a two. This is not a dance. Let me out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cutting it. <laughs> Uh, that brings this episode to a close, then. Melissa, if you want people to know where to find you, either in social media or in real life, where can they look? Um, check out, you know, if you're looking for me in real life, I'm oftentimes walking uh, along Lake Michigan, near Belmont Harbor. Okay. So, find me there, at BelmontHarbor.RealLiveLakeMichigan. <laughs> If you had a Twitter account... Oh, yeah, Belmont. yeah. Um, you no, 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 but if you had one for at Belmont Harbor... That's... I should get one for Belmont Harbor. Um, actually, look for me at Belmont Harbor. I'm way better in person than I am on Twitter. All right. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> and as for ourselves, we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, we're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or listen to us on SoundCloud. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other quality podcasts. Support independent art. The spirit of Dell compels you. Choices! <laughs>